What's up, everybody? It's your Draft Queens, Kate and Michelle. And we're back with another special episode of Drafts on Drafts, actually part two to last week's Drafts on Drafts. Um, For those that haven't been listening, Drafts on Drafts is as simple as it sounds. We drink a beer, we talk about sports. It's very easy. We love it. It's our favorite part of the week. Hopefully it's your favorite part of the week, too. (laughs) We drink and we know things. And especially this second part of Drafts on Drafts uh, comes as a follow-up to last week's episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode of Drafts on Drafts, uh, we did a breakdown of the AFC and the biggest moves in the NFL offseason so far. This week, we are closing the loop with the NFC. It's just too much to fit in one episode, Michelle. So we're making it too. It's true. Arguably, this has been one of the most interesting offseasons ever, in my personal humble opinion. And so we missed talking about football, and now we're back. And I'm excited to get into the NFC, though I don't know if talking about the NFC can top what we talked about last week on the AFC. But either way, educate yourselves. Make sure you know all the different things that have been happening in the offseason. Check our socials. Listen to our shows, specifically this one and last week's. And get familiar, because before you know it, football will be back, everyone. Yeah, the draft is around the corner. You're going to start having to get back into your fantasy league. Yeah, there, there. Football's around the corner. You gotta know, you, you know, if you play in a keeper league, you gotta know where all these guys move around know. to. Do you want to keep them next year? There's a lot of things, and plus, Kate and I just get really amped up and excited to talk about football, and so that's what we're we're here to do. However, before we talk about football, Kate, would you like to tell the lovely, adoring fans what you are drinking right now? I I do, and as usual, this is not just one thing with Kate, but I always come with a story. <laughs> That's weird that you just said that. I was just earlier thinking about whatever happened to just one thing with Kate because now... It'll come back. It'll be back during the the football season. Okay, good. All right, I'm just making sure because I just know that you really, you really, really love that time. I do. (laughs) I do. And any loyal listener will know that I love just one thing with Kate. But I am drinking a special beer today. Um, It actually was, it was a find... Well, let me tell you what it is. It's called Tank Space. Okay. And it's by Tribus Beer Company. All right. Which I believe is in somewhere near Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh maybe Milford, I think it's what is what it's called. Anyway. Okay. Never been to Milford before, mm-hmm. except last week. Uh-huh. I was there last week. And the reason I was coming back from Cape Cod and you know, there was just a lot of traffic getting from Cape Cod to New <laughs> you York. Know. Some days, some days it's it's three hours and change, like three forty-five. Yeah, right. On a normal day, four hours or so. All right. On a bad day, okay. you have to stop somewhere. Otherwise, it just you know the traffic into New York. Yeah, it gets yeah, yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I had stopped at this brewery that I had never been to before in Milford, Connecticut, and not only is the beer absolutely fantastic, cannot sing its praises enough. Nice. They have cute little names. They all taste really good. All the IPAs are A+. I can't say enough good things. They had trivia going on, and they have food, different food trucks all the time. Nice. And I brought my cat in the carrier to sit with me at the table while I had delicious chicken wings and I had this IPA. So wow. 
a wow. glowing endorsement for that sounds Tribus like a, Brewing. That's a five star review right there. I will I will quickly follow up to say I'm I don't have anything that interesting to share. I'm drinking a Coors Light. Why? Because it's 70 degrees and it's the springtime, and I like to drink Coors Lights when it's 70 degrees in the spring. Yeah. If the mountains are blue, everybody's happy. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Whether it's a yeah, whether it's an IPA or a Coors Light, in any case, crack your beers, and I think we should talk about the biggest offseason moves in the NFC. Let's do it. Let's talk about the NFC East first, mainly because you all know how we feel about the NFC East. We don't like it. It's boring. We make fun of these teams all the time. And they're they're not getting the best rap right now. Like the NFC East, not only is it the Cowboys, Eagles, Giants, and the Washington Commanders, Commanders, formerly football team, Washington Commanders, not sure they're going to be in commission this year. So they're having all sorts of fraud and scandal. So with a grain of salt. Yeah, anyway, that's why we want to kickstart it with it. I'm already laughing it's just amazing. talking about it. Um, oh gosh, let's start with the Cowboys. Nothing yeah. ma- nothing major to report here. I think the biggest offseason re-signing was Michael Gallup. Um, they, they're obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously. This offseason um, re-signing was also their way of saying, we're invested in Michael Gallup. We are not invested in Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper is now no longer on the team. Um, so I think that was a pretty fine line that they drew in the sand of where they wanted to, uh, to which eggs they wanted to put their basket in. And it was in Michael Gallup's. Um, I think that means, a hu- uh, well, I think Michael Gallup, as long as he stays healthy, has a great season. I also think C.D. Lamb has now risen much higher in the rankings um, as a wide receiver there without Amari Cooper. And they did bring in James Washington for a one-year deal. Meh, medium, neither here nor there for me. I think the bigger news there is they've shipped off Amari Cooper and paid up Michael Gallup. Yeah, and they seem to be holding on to some touch-and-go tight ends. They tagged Dalton Schultz with the franchise tag, got Jeremy Sprinkle sticking around. Uh, But overall, if I had to rate this team it just feels like kind of a kind of worse kind of worse I don't know if I don't know if I would say worse just like not really different and I don't know I mean look they they blew it last year so I don't know if they feel like they were just close enough and you know couldn't get it over the line or what the deal was and that's why they're not making any big moves but, you know, to me, what I see with, with with the lack of, you know, moves is shipping Amari Cooper, focusing on guys like Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, and seeing if they can, you know, close the deal this year. Well, listen, you're, I think you're exactly right, because it, it's not, it's not different, but it only gets worse in the <laughs> NFC East. It only gets worse. I mean, let's talk about... Let's talk about the Giants. I just, um, I, yeah, please. I, I can't even say it with a straight face, honestly. I mean, I can't, I'm not quite sure how to even talk about their signing of Tyrod Taylor, which, I mean, what, what does this do? What does I don't this even, do? I don't even understand this. It's a two-year, $11 million deal, which, no disrespect, I certainly don't make $11 million or even $1 million. However, all these other big names and big contracts we've been talking about for quarterbacks, and then you look at this and you're like, huh? It's like a, like this I don't know. Is, it's like barely a deal. I, I, the Giants. I don't, I don't have anything else. It's just the Giants. This is the most Giants thing on the planet. 
I mean, it, and it only continues to get worse. I mean, they have Matt Breida, who signed a one-year deal as cool. their running back. For, Super useful. Once again, had not a great season last season, but, you know, we're we're just the blind leading the blind here, I guess, and we're taking Matt Breida on for uh, as a running back for the Giants, so that's very uh, useless to me. And other than that, I mean... Ricky Seals Jones? Jones? Exactly, you're reading my mind. What's happening? I don't know. I'm sort of like reading these names and chuckling, A, because it's the Giants. I'm chuckling even more because these are like names in fantasy that like maybe those guys have like a singular good week and then you like run to the waivers to get them and they suck for the rest of the season. Yes. But the Giants are just signing them. The Giants are just signing them all for one year. I don't, I don't. Next. I don't exactly even understand. Right. Next. That's exactly right. Flash in the pan for one week. Everybody's going to... Matt Breida will be the guy in like week nine. When you're trying to get into your playoffs, he has one good week. You pick him up week 10. He has a dud of a week and then you drop him. And then that's the end of Matt Breida. That's the only time you'll think of him next season. Oh gosh. We need to talk about uh, other teams in, in the <laughs> NFC East. Worst teams? You want to talk about a worst team? Let's talk about... Sure. <laughs> The Washington Commanders. Uh. This this might be, unfortunately, bottom of the pile of most teams in the entire NFL for me. But I don't know. Only, are they worse than the Giants? I just don't know, Michelle, if I they are going to know. play another season. They literally are embezzling money. Oh my God. I mean, so that okay. in itself is really bad. Yeah, I think that- the organization is fucked, but let's talk about the players in question, starting with Carson Wentz, who came in from the Colts. Uh, my own uh, love for the AFC South is resonating with Carson Wentz. Um, I, I just, I feel for the team other than that, because the only notable player other than Carson Wentz is their running back, J.D. McKissick, I suppose, who re-signed a two-year deal for $7 million. Other than that, nothing to write home about here. And J.D. McKissick, honestly, I don't even understand you. You had an offer to go to the Buffalo Bills, who are by far the 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 the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, but you wanted to go back to the Washington Commanders. I don't know. I don't understand. Th- that's what I mean. Like this whole okay. And then real quick, the Eagles, nothing exciting to report back. Like nothing. They're basically yeah. the same team as they were last year. Um, Period. You know, re-sign Boston Scott, uh, Zach Pascal, one-year deal. Uh, th- like, just nothing exciting here. I guess the most exciting thing is Jason Kelsey. That they got a new center. Like, the, I don't know. I mean, th- this this division, Boring. this NFL, division, sucks. Ugh. You ever see like Saturday Night Live when they do the Debbie Downer skit? Yeah. Wah wah. wah. That's the. That's the NFC East. So moving along, can we (laughs) please talk about something else? The NFC North, perhaps. Let's talk about the NFC North. Where do you want to start? Oh gosh, where do I want to start? Um, I mean, I get Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears. I mean, I guess you you have to you know start with the Packers. Obviously, we we talked about the Aaron Rodgers deal earlier when it initially happened. Um, He signed an extension. We all thought perhaps he was going to leave, but he didn't. Um, he signed back on for $150 million over the next three years, which is insane. Um, I think that the Packers had to actually drop, uh, some players and things of that nature to just make sure there was room for Aaron Rodgers to come back. 
Um, they re-signed Alan Lazard. They re-signed uh, Robert Tunyon. The thing to me here that is the huge game-changer moment, Aaron Rodgers announces he's coming back to Green Bay. He's got this big, massive deal. You think his number one guy is going to stick think. around. That's what you think. And then in your mind, you're like, all right, Aaron's coming back to try to, you know, close it off and, and get that Super Bowl victory. And then his main man, Devontae Adams, gets traded. So this is like very interesting to me for multiple reasons. It's a huge deal in numbers um, for Aaron Rodgers. He loses his number one ride receiver. And he clearly made a lot of like disparaging comments towards the Green Bay Packers like as an organization last year. So I'm very interested to see what happens with the Packers this year. But great for them for re-signing Aaron, but losing Devontae makes this team not as interesting in my opinion. So th- this by far is probably one of the more important things of this episode, in my opinion, because the team is just not, they're not gaining any weapons. It's the same folks that you just outlined. They're losing weapons. Yep. And the coaching staff is the same. I haven't seen any moves happening with those folks. Yep. So my question is, and this is probably hypothetical, what's the angle here? What's the angle for the Packers? Because you know, my thing is like Aaron Rodgers has a place to win a Super Bowl, but yeah. he just cannot do it with it with a scaled back squad yeah. with the same again, as I always say with all due respect, but like not the best coaching core. Yeah. What's I think they're just going to lose again this year. I I definitely don't think that they're uh in contention for the Super Bowl this year. I don't know. Is Aaron Rodgers just Too like t- taking his money and running? Like I don't I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Luckily, He's heartbroken, Michelle. You <laughs> No, he He's might be broken. He might be rekindling his love. So we'll we'll cover that on another episode. <laughs> but I mean, so that's this makes the NFC um North mm. interesting cuz far and away everybody knows that the Packers are the strongest team here, right? We get it. Mm-hmm. H- however, yeah. however, I do look at sort of Kirk Cousins re-signing for one Me more too. year in Minnesota yeah. to be really interesting. I get it. He's a little bit older. He's not as good as some of these younger quarterbacks. But he's still a trusty standby. They still have Dalvin Cook as long as he still stays healthy. They still have Justin Jefferson, who had a huge standout rookie yeah. year, and they're going to continue to look or, – or last two years, and they're going to continue to look at him, you know, to grow there. So I don't know. I sort of see – you know, the Vikings as potentially trying to make, you know, a bit of a, a run this year, especially knowing that weapons have been lost in Green Bay. You have to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. You definitely do. And they're doing the thing that Green Bay is not, to my knowledge, which is they're shaking up the coaching staff a little bit more in Minnesota as opposed to Green Bay. And I think that's the right move. If it's not working, shake it up a little bit. Don't yeah. shake it up entirely. Shake it up a little bit. Yeah. And they also they also brought in Zadarius Smith, too, for a three-year. They're, you know, like one of their linebackers. So that, to me, feels like good, tactical, small micro-improvements. It's true. It's true. And honestly, a team like Minnesota making these small moves could be a big difference knowing that Devontae Adams is no longer in the picture. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that makes... Someone like a Dalvin Cook really shine when another person in, you know, like yeah. the NFC North 
who is another standout stud. Exactly. Is exactly. Um, as for other teams in this division, uh, the Bears and the Lions, there's really oh, nothing. What is there to say? <laughs> there's really nothing exciting to report here. I think these teams are both in need of some help, but it doesn't seem like they've gotten too aggressive in the offseason. Uh, the Bears bring on uh, Trevor Simeon uh, for a two-year deal to be their quarterback. Don't think that that's very exciting. Um they also let go of, uh, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? Uh, Alan, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson, he went to the, to the Rams. So he's, he's gone. He's a ring chaser. So he's gone. Uh, the Lions, I think the only real exciting thing I see here is they brought DJ Chark on board for a one-year deal in the wide receiver position. That might yeah. help, you know, uh, firm up a bit of a stronger wide receiver core there. But I don't know. Any one of these teams like is poised to at least be able to give Green Bay a run for their money, but the one that's most poised is is Minnesota this year, I think. Yeah, I don't think there's there's some other things to say about like the Bears and the Lions, but not much else. I, no. I just think it's pretty stagnant. So It's true. So let's look, let's see if Vikings hit the top of the stack they, and then they could. They could. <laughs> and then if the NFC South can make some adjustments of their own so that again, the NFC South being, uh, <laughs> I'm sure you'll want to start with the Bucks. There's the Bucks, but I mean, the biggest off-season announcement is Tom Brady coming out of retirement. So, like, there, just when you thought maybe the NFC South could get a little bit more interesting and someone could like step up to the to the plate here, you know, Atlanta, Matt Ryan leaves Atlanta, and now they're left with Marcus Mariota. Okay, well, that's not helpful for anyone. I thought Atlanta was bad last year. Now they're going to be fucking worse. Honestly. You've got the Carolina Panthers who barely have a quarterback. They, I, I mean, they signed Deonta Foreman. I, there's nothing. They, they don't have their shit together in Carolina. New Orleans, we all know that has, they've been, you know, rebuilding. They, they've got Jameis Winston. They also have Andy Dalton, which if you ever listen to Kate and I talk last year, you know how we feel about well, thank Andy God Dalton. They have Andy Dalton to save the day. <laughs> so it's just like none of this matters because Tom Brady came out of retirement. They re-signed Leonard Fournette. They re-signed Giovanni Bernard. They franchise tag Goodwin, uh, Godwin. They obviously still have Mike. Well, like. This is just, this is just silly. Like it's Tampa yeah. Bay's to run away with here in the NF- NFC South. So I have a pivotal thought here. Okay, because all of the again crossing off the Falcons, nothing has changed. It's gotten worse. Um, crossing out the Panthers, nothing has changed. It's gotten worse. Between the Saints and the Bucks, there are some interesting re-signings ish. But more interestingly, by far, um, coaching staff changes. True. No Sean Payton in the true, uh, true. in New Orleans, and no Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay. So, what does that mean <laughs> for this division? What does this mean for the NFC South? I don't know, but I think it's just worth noting. Yeah. Now, do I think it even matters for the Bucks because Tom coaches himself? And I think Tom Brady's team will be Tom Brady's team. And Bruce Arians was along for the ride to get that ring. Yes, and I'm totally fine with that. But the Saints, I think between the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers, it's a crapshoot. It's a race to the bottom. Emphasis on crap in that statement. I'm just like looking at the Bucks, though. I mean, you you bring over Shaq Mason. You bring over Russell Gage. I... 
hey, you know. You still it, got Giovanni Bernard. You still got yeah. Lenny. You've got yeah. playoff Lenny over there, Leonard Fournette. You've got Chris Godwin. You got Russ Gage. You got, it's good. It's, it's true. Good. But arguably, as we said, you know, if we're talking about massive offseason NFL moves, Tom Brady coming out of retirement is a pretty impactful one. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. So I kind of feel bad for this division. But I'm at my end of my beer. Oh, just all about. right. Two minutes to get through the NFC West. Unless there's anything else you want to talk about, you know, for for the South. But I think we might as well round out with the West here. I think we should get into the West. Where would you like to start? Well, the West is interesting. It's a great division. Absolutely fantastic. True. Very akin to, oh gosh, um, I guess the it may just be the AFC West, but the same division in the AFC with the Raiders, yeah. um, the NFC West with the Rams, Cardinals, Niners, Seahawks. Yep. I think most interestingly... Maybe we start with either the Rams or the Cardinals. Where do you want to go? Um, I mean, let's start with the Rams. Obviously, you know, coming off of a uh, a Super Bowl victorious season, um, they fortunately were able to re-sign some folks like Matt Stafford um, and bring on board someone like Bobby Wagner on the defensive side of things. But they're as well as Allen Robinson, who we mentioned before, who yep. came over from the Bears. But yep. there also was a lot of other folks that were leaving um, the Rams after this win. And I think that's like, so you, you lose Robert Woods, you gain Allen Robinson. Not sure. Maybe that's a push. Unclear. Mm-hmm. They, they, they bring Bobby Wagner over on the defense, but they lost Von Miller. That's a big, you know, loss for me. So I, I think, you know, I think they put a lot of money into this team last year to win the Super Bowl and they won it. And now they've retained the, you know, the 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 big franchise guys like a Matt Stafford and are trying to rebuild a little bit more around it um after losing some of these guys that left after after the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unfortunately, it's like going from the A list to the B list in some of these cases. In some, yeah. In some of these cases, but I don't I don't know why for the NFC across the board, maybe the theme is like coaching staff, because the coaching staff is still the same. Mm. And we already know what they can do. I mean, it, it just is a testament to having a brand new quarterback and Matt, Matt Stafford like last year yeah. moving from the Lions and then winning a Super Bowl. That is a Sean McVay hat tip. Yep. So... While it feels kind of like we're downgrading in terms of these losses of players and new acquisitions, I don't think the Rams are going to have a problem this year. No, I don't think they'll have a problem. Uh, I, I don't think they'll have a problem. I just think, yeah, they they definitely lost some some folks that they they probably would have hoped not to lose. Yeah. Speaking of folks that have lost people oh, that no. they probably were hoping <laughs> not to lose, um, Seattle lost Russell Wilson and gained a Drew Locke. Hmm. Hmm. Not sure that's a great a moment one. of silence. <laughs> Not sure that's a great one. I mean, I'm looking at everything else that they've done, you know, uh, re-signing uh, Rashad Penny, re-signing Will Disley, bringing Noah Fant on board as part of that um, deal with the uh, the Broncos. I would say that's a step in the right direction for them. But I mean, it's a huge loss for them not having Russell Wilson anymore. He's a leader. We said this on the last episode. I don't think Drew Locke, you know, has what it takes to keep this team extremely competitive this year. No, I really, 
I can't, I can't believe, and I'm so sorry, Pete Carroll, that this is happening, but it's too bad for the Seahawks because I really believe in them. I really love them as an organization. I really think their fans are some of the best, but I don't think there's anything to like shake your, just nothing to, nothing to note there. And I'm, Actually, it's a rebuild. It's a rebuild now. I mean, Russell Wilson was There's like nothing was the cornerstone yeah. for these last you know handful of years. So it's it's a bit of a rebuild now over there in uh, well, in Seattle. Do you think that it's the same type of thing for the Niners in San Francisco? Like, is that a rebuild type situation? I, think I mean, it, might, it I could think, be. I think they're still in the midst of rebuilding. Yeah, I I, I think that their backfield. You know, they lost um, they lost Raheem Mostert. They kept Michael Hasty and right. Jeff Wilson. Those are both not super exciting names. Um, there's a lot of back and forth between the Jimmy G and Trey Lance conversation. Right. Who's going to be their quarterback? So I do think they are in a bit of a a, a, a rebuild still in San Francisco. They have to be. It but they made like... a hell of a run last year. I mean, thank God. But some of these decisions need to be like more stone and not sand. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like yeah. all these by committee and like I know they're, yeah. It's just like quarterback by committee, running back by committee, and then you've got everybody else by committee by nature of their positions. It's just... An interesting time for the Niners, similarly yeah. to the Seahawks. We'll see. But yeah. Drew Locke, if we're going back to the Seahawks to close that loop, not as interesting as Russell Wilson, which leaves the Cardinals. Could the Cardinals content? I tend to believe they could. They sh- they should. Um, I think they've made a statement. Uh, they they kept James Conner. Um, on board and dropped Chase Edmonds. So they're investing in James Conner to be their lead guy in the backfield. They traded for Zach Ertz last season and now re-signed him to a three-year deal. So clearly they're investing in keeping him there. Um, They re-signed Colt McCoy to a two-year contract in the quarterback position. That's obviously, you know, a backup uh, situation there. But, I mean, yes, in in theory, they should contend. They should. I don't hate it that they are doing the opposite of the organizations that we were talking about for the NFC West. I like that they are honing in on their people. You're investing in James Conner. You're investing in Kyler Murray. You're investing in Zach Ertz. I like that from the Cardinals. I don't know why, but my gut says that's a good move. Max Williams in tight end. Yep. I love it. I kind of love it. Yeah. Well, I think that arguably looking at everything we've talked about for the NFC, I think more of the excitement and a lot of the bigger switcheroos happened in the AFC. But guess what? It's all important. It's all going to have fantasy implications. And that's why we're talking about it well in advance of football season. And before you know it, the draft is going to be upon us. So I will dream of that. I probably will dream of that tonight after now that we've talked about it. I think I literally dream of the draft anyway. I, mean, I already <laughs> told you about Patrick Mahomes, so that's, that's a whole different thing. So. It's true. It's true. Well, that concludes our double feature of Drafts on Drafts, breaking down the AFC and the NFC offseason moves for the NFL. Um, anything you want to leave our, our listeners with today? Just with a clear mind going into the season, into the draft, there will be many more football episodes coming up but we've got plenty of ground to cover before we hit summertime so until then 
will just continue to stay with us on Mondays, obviously, and stay with us on Wednesdays, obviously. We'll continue to cover on Mondays the huddle, which is every sport across the spectrum, all the big headlines of the week. And on Wednesdays, something really cool over a beer, like today. Um, But no, Michelle, I think this was just so exciting to actually talk about football again in part two. 